All right. Welcome back. Another great episode of The Big Ticket Life. We're already well in to 2024. I've got a great guest on the show today with me, Jeff Tomaszewski. Welcome to the show, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You know, I, I love... Uh, I love the uh, the intro that we have where uh, uh, in my show where Brandon talks about stepping into that superpower and you know uh, max strength fitness. You've got a lot of strength and it's certainly around fitness. But I'm going to kick the show off. Uh, we've talked about this in the pre-show. I'm going to kick the show off about uh, the strength you have derived from grief because uh, you've had uh, you've had your fair share right in life. Um, uh, you know, you shared with me in the pre-show, your mother passed away when you were five and your father had to raise you. And then, you know, recently, uh, this was what, uh, how many years ago, your dear wife, Jody passed away? June of 2021. June of 2021. So, you know, coming up on three years with that. And uh, again, my condolences and it's just something that you never want to handle, but I applaud you for the strength to come on the show, talk about it, because as the shows evolve, we're, we're, Jeff is a living example of courage. This is what the world needs. This is, our people, people we lead, need examples like Jeff on the show. And so um, I'd love for you to share uh, your battles around grief, the passing of your mother, the passing of Jody. And you know, you're a girl dad to three amazing girls. We're connected on Facebook. So I see all the stuff you do with them and the way you're leading them. And they look to be fine young women. So I'm going to turn it over to you to just let's let's dig into how you've been able to pull yourself up through that grief over the years. Yeah. I mean, like you mentioned, it, it all started when I was five. My mother battled ovarian cancer for 18 months. And I saw what that did to her body, her mind, her spirit, her soul. And I'll remember it like it was yesterday. I mean, think back, what do we really remember at the age of five? Not much. Yeah. But there's a couple instances I remember. And this one will stick with me forever, obviously. I, it was Easter weekend. I just woke up. I have two older brothers, one 18 months older than me, one 10 years older than me. And my dad you know, got us up, sat us down on the family couch. And in my gut, even only being five, I knew exactly what he was about to say. Mm-hmm. Mom's gone. You know, so I watched her struggle. I watched my dad raising us three boys while my mom was struggling with cancer. He was a factory worker in Toledo, Ohio. Uh, he did the best he could with what he had. And... Unfortunately, I would come to lean on that strength and experience from my dad come in um, June of 2021. So family vacation set. We're going down to Destin, Florida. We have about 18 family members and friends that were, we bought this big house. It was our Christmas gift to a lot of people. And so my wife, high-powered attorney, very independent, very successful woman, um, you know, just the light of the earth and accomplished so much at, you know, in her in her life. And so whenever we have an early flight out of Cleveland. There's a hotel on the premises of the airport that we usually stay at. So we got in late. Uh, it was around midnight and we fell asleep. Uh, about an hour later, my youngest one was in the room with me. My two older ones were in an adjacent room with a friend that we were taking with us on vacation. And my youngest one just was screaming at the top of her lungs, mom, wake up. You're snoring. You're snoring. You're snoring. Well, Jody wasn't snoring. She was grasping for air. Um, I realized with my background being athletic training, sports medicine, emergency medicine, that something was drastically wrong. So I immediately called 911, started doing compressions. Um, I did that for 15 minutes. I mean, the response time, I mean, there's an EMS at the, you know, five minutes away. I don't know what took so long, but 
it is what it is at this point. So my my youngest daughter of you know at the time she's thir- you know twelve watching this. Uh, my two older daughters then come screaming in. They run downstairs to get help. Um, EMS finally comes. Um, they move us out of the room. I follow them to the hospital, and I'm in the room, you know, <clears throat> by myself for about twenty minutes, just praying to God, please don't take her, you know. And then they come in and they said that she was pronounced dead. So, you know, at that moment in time, you know, your life is just completely turned upside down. Um, that being said, you know, I had my few minutes alone with Jody. I made my peace, said my goodbyes. And then all I could think about was driving home because um, the friend that was staying with us, her dad had come and picked up the girls and took them back to my house while I was at the hospital. And so all I could think about with the, you know, it was like a 40 minute commute back home was how am I going to tell my girls? And I simply just leaned on my dad because he was our rock growing up, you know, raising three boys on his own, being a factory worker and doing the best he could with what he had. Um, you know, and that's its, its own challenge in and of itself. And here comes life full circle now, me now left to raise my three girls on my own. So I just kept remembering five-year-old Jeffrey and how that news hit me and how I was going to deliver it to my girls. Um, and so I got home, told them the devastating news. And, you know, look, at the end of the day, they say life is too short. And I'm with an example that it is. You know, I lost my mom at five. I lost my wife. Yeah. You know, she was 48. And, uh, you know, here's the thing I know about grief. Um, it comes in waves. So imagine you're out in the ocean and it's calm and it's serene and it's beautiful. And that's what our life was like. And all of a sudden, in a moment's notice, a tidal wave comes through and just crashes you and pushes you underneath the waves. And it's like a riptide that will not let go of you. And you don't know if you're going to be ever able to come up for air. That's what grief's like. And it can come any second, any moment. And it still hits me almost three years later without a moment's notice. But just like storms come and they pass. One of my favorite sayings in life is this too shall pass. Now, that being said, you know, this too shall pass can mean, you know, you're experiencing something bad. This too shall pass. You're, you're sick. This too shall pass. You have a bad conversation or bad experience with somebody this too shall pass. But on the flip side of that too is, you know, think about it from this perspective. When things are good in life, this too shall pass. So it's always that ebb and flow of the good and the bad that come within your life. And just like the waves crashed that night on us, you know, and they still come to this day, it's living through my faith is my faith, my family, my friends, my team. It's the only thing that's carried me through. I mean, I got faith tattooed on my wrist as a daily reminder of God has a bigger plan. And, you know, we all have, we all have our life plans. And, you know, I think one of the, the, my favorite sayings, it was by Mike Tyson of all people. It's like, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. And man, we punched in the face that night. Um, and life, life, they say goes on and I argue that because when you tell somebody who's grieving and who's lost somebody, Oh, you'll be fine. Life will move on. You know, that's, that's hurtful. So be aware of that. And when somebody's grieving, don't ask them how they are. Ask them, how are you today? How are you right now? What can I do in this moment? Because that's all they can think about. Um, so there was a great book that helped me get through this entire time was um, Option B. 
Um, I forget Cheryl Sandberg. Uh, she was with Facebook and her husband passed away suddenly of a heart attack. And she wrote a whole book on dealing through the grieving process and dealing with her kids and the same exact thing. So I read that book maybe three or four times. I've given it to many people who have lost their spouses. That was a huge resource for me. Um, you know, the, the, another saying comes from, you know, going through life's and obstacles and challenges is a sailor only gets skillful by going through the storms. Because if it's always calm waters, they're never going to sharpen their skills on the water themselves as a sailor, right? And that's the same thing that holds true with us. So whether it's, you know, losing a loved one or having an obstacle or challenge in business, an uncomfortable conversation with a loved one or work or colleague or whatever it is, it's those obstacles and challenges and those failures that we deal with that truly sharpen our skills. And in the moment, you'll never be able to realize that. But in hindsight, when you can step back and kind of reflect, um, you'll absolutely find the strongest version of you will come out of the ashes, if you will. You know, people say all the time, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you deal with it. My reaction is simply, I don't have a choice. And if you were put in that situation, which I, God forbid anybody is, you would do the same thing. Because until you're in that situation, you have no idea. It is a pretty shitty club that I live in with, you know, widows and widowers. Um, so I, I tend to try to reach out to people with my experience. There was a woman who was in our circle of, of social at the school that we're at. And I, I've never met her, but she was close friends with a friend of mine and she had lost her husband. He was battling uh, brain cancer for a number of years and he was huge in the community. People just loved the guy. Um, and so I reached out to her, you know, I went to the funeral and just, you know, I offered some, my, obviously my condolences, but a little bit of advice, like take breath mints and walk, move, breathe, get plenty of hydration because that day, if you're having calling hours, it's going to be a blur and it's going to be the most physically and emotionally, mentally draining day of your life. Um, you know, so anytime that I can, if you will, I don't know if it's a good word to help lend some experience into that process. <clears throat> I'm happy to try to do it. By no means do I have all the answers. I, I just know what worked for me. And I leaned on my hand heavily, like I said. I've leaned on other people. Um, my faith is huge for me. And that's, you know, that's kind of where the grief has come for me, you know, and it's it's things that we have choices to make. Every single day we wake up. Well, think about it, first of all. I mean, if there's like, what, 8 billion people in the world and we're born, I mean, that we hit the lottery. I mean, one out of 8 billion, I mean, that's a, we've already won. And what we do with that life is, you know, our decisions and our choices. And, and we have those obstacles and challenges to overcome. You know, one definition of hell I heard recently was when you are on your deathbed, and you're shown the person that you could have become. And there's the gap between where you are and where you could have been. You know, the last thing I want to have do happen in my life is when it passes, because let's face it, death is inevitable. <laughs> so the last thing I want to have happen is when I meet God is that he shows me who I could have become. And it's a vast gap between the, where I am and where that's powerful. So I wake up every day and just trying to get 1% better and try to be the person that God is calling me to be. That's why strength training for me, when I saw my mom pass at five, I didn't know it at the time, but a seed was planted to me to help people become the strongest versions of themselves. That led me into athletic training, which then led me into strength and conditioning, which then led me into physical therapy, which then led me into what I do today for the last almost 20 years is one-on-one -on -one personal strength training to help people overcome their physical challenges 
on the latter half of their life, if you will, because we typically deal with 15 above people that have built their wealth, but let their health kind of suffer. And we help them reverse the aging process in only 20 minutes twice a week without breaking a sweat through high intensity strength training. So that's kind of led from my longevity as far as my, my career path. And that's my why behind that of my mom passing. And now with my wife passing, you know, I have more reason to be successful in life. And I don't mean from a monetary standpoint, but yes, I have to provide for my three, my three children because at the end of the day, you know, Jody, like I said, was a high powered attorney and she had a, a good income. And now I have to provide for my family and the lifestyle that we're accustomed to and all of those other things that go with that, you know, and just, you know, my whole thing with, with raising my three girls now, because right now they're 14, 17 and 19. I just don't want to mess up what Jody started <laughs> because she started such a, a foundation in my girls of being strong, independent, uh, forward thinking, bright, brilliant. I mean, they're beautiful. They obviously take after their mother. Um, you know, so I'm just trying to try not to mess it up at this point, you know, try to lead by example and do anything I can to be that lead, that shining moment for them. You know, don't get me wrong. It's not about always being strong either. I'm very transparent with my feelings. I mean, I just cried on your podcast. So, you know, I'm, a, I'm okay with that. Thank I'm you. Very Thank much, you for I'm being brave and having that courage. I don't, well, I don't know that it's brave. I mean, I think it's just, it's, you could call it brave. I just call it being real. I mean, I just want to be transparent and I just want to live my life. And if those emotions come, I just let them go. Because at the end of the day, the last thing you want to do is bottle that up, put it up on a shelf, because I guarantee that's going to come back to haunt you later. So dealing with those emotions and those feelings, I've learned through a lot of therapy uh, and a lot of different types of therapy I've dived into to help me with the grieving process, um, you know, to get me to the point where I'm at. Yeah. So I, I let you run there because this is your story. And I wanted, you know, I'm so elated when you reached out to be on the show. I put the call out. You said, I want to be on. And um I put there people who are living examples of courage. So I was making some notes as you talked um, because I wanted you to speak because the folks that are going to hear this show are, I know, are going to be the ones that most need it because that's just the way folks like us that have a belief in God, a belief in a higher power, that's the way we think. And I know we're together now for a reason. I've got a big question for you. I don't know if you've thought about it this way and I'll share it through my example. Because this is what I believe. So I don't, I don't know if you've paid attention to my socials over the last six months specifically to this level, but so I'm a child sex abuse survivor, right? Many victims from this person. Some of the victims ended up committing suicide. And I was, I was kind of that last one as best I could tell, as best I've been able to put together that last new victim in the way. And I believe I was put in the way of that evil because I've got the strong shoulders to carry that and not be that person that ended up taking his own life. Because if we believe in God, we believe we're here for a divine purpose, right? Which goes, yeah. I'll circle back to your one and eight billion point in a minute. And so I'm in this path for this reason to be here right now today talking about this out in the open because this in itself is a powerful topic. I mean, one in six men share this abuse of some kind. One in four women do. Um, and I'm... I'm here to put light on it and say, no, we're not going to stand for it. And it, you don't have to let this thing define you alone forever. And so my question to you through that lens of that belief of why was this put in front of me? 
here you are as a five-year-old boy. Your father ends up being the one to guide you with his children. Have you thought that God brought you and Jody together because God had a plan for Jody and her time on this earth? Have you thought of like, you were given that experience as a young young boy to have that strength for your girls today? Yeah, I mean... Maybe not in those exact terms, but I've definitely thought of that. You know, I always say, you know, God needed an amazing, brilliant attorney <laughs> more than he needed her on her, you know, we needed her on her earth. Um, you know, Jody lived a very full life and she was always about experiences. So, you know, yes, we have nice things, but at the end of the day, we don't go out and buy lavish and over, you know, overindulgence of things. It's always about trying to build the vacations and build the experiences for our kids. Um, doing, and it doesn't have to be expensive, you know, just little things and showing our kids that it's all about family and it's about connection. Yeah. And it's about what we do with who we do it and making the most of that time and being present with each other and just loving each other to the fullest. And man, you know, my, my dad often says, you know, she lived such a full life for only 48 years. Old. And he said she did so many things that people that live an entire lifetime never experienced or never thought of. Um, so from that perspective, it's, you know, I, you know, if you sit there and try to question <laughs> why things happen, you could drive yourself crazy. And I don't question God's plan because at the end of the day, that gives me peace knowing that it's his plan, not mine. Like I said, we all wake up and we have our plan until you get punched in the face or God says, wait a minute, this is my plan. You don't need to necessarily understand it, but it will all come to fruition and you'll understand it in due time. Maybe that's when we pass and we, you know, we meet him. Um, But at the end of the day, I have peace with that, knowing that, you know, you know, some people say too, they get offended when you say, well, they're in a better place. Well, that depends, you know? So that's, yeah. You know, that's a harsh thing because we, we don't want them to be in that place. We want them to be with us. So, you know, there's, there's, and and I told my kids that, you know, somebody told me, um, you know, at the funeral, people are going to say the weirdest, craziest things. I was like, no, that's crazy. But man, did it happen. And my kids experienced it firsthand from strangers, from family members. And then, you know, the other thing that happens that was really profound was, you know, the kids used to work ghosting these days. You know, people ghosted me, Uh, you know, people that I thought had my back. And here's the thing I learned uh, is they just don't know how to react. They don't know how to deal with the grief. They don't know what to say. They don't know how to say it. They don't know how to show up. And so, you know, I don't, I don't begrudge anybody from that. I give them grace because everybody deals with it on their own. And then, you know, when they do come back in, into my life and, um, you know, they show that they're, they're loving and caring still, we just, we're just picking up where we left off, but it did happen. And, uh, it was, it was weird. It was very, very different, very difficult. Uh, my, the, the funeral director that, that ran our, our funeral, he was actually a mutual friend through volleyball with my girls. Um, it, it gave me a lot of advice as well. And he said, look, the people you know the best, they're the ones that you're going to need six months after this. And, and those are your truest, most loving people that are, are still checking in on you to this day. Um, Jody had a very strong friend group. And uh, you know, I said this in, in the eulogy that I did. She's unlike anybody I know that could have friendships all the way from elementary school to grade school to high school to college to professional to neighbor to sports to the community and cultivate these amazing relationships and and have meaning behind them not just pleasantries or just hi how are you and just know her name you know so she had a group of friends from high school and a group of friends from college that were extremely extremely tight 
Um, and I was always envious of that. You know, I have close friends. I still have one amazing close friend from high school and a lot from college. And then some that I've, you know, gained after that. But, um, man, she was just, just took the time, took the time to check in, to always ask, how are you doing? Is there anything I can do for you? You know, she was just a very selfless person for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Can we, you, are you okay to shout them out by first name? Give them a little props. Some uh, the, yeah. Some I mean, uh, yeah. So, um, so from, uh, Julie, who actually passed away uh, about a year after my wife did, uh, she was from college and then she got Jen, you got Trisha, Linda. And then from high school, you've got uh, Dana, you've got Angie and you've got Melanie. Those are her, her closest groups. Um, you know, from high school and college. And I've got Matt, my friend from high school that I, you know, I could not talk to him for months and pick up. And it's like, we just, we just yeah picked up yesterday. Um, Way so to be I've great friends to all of them. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. You know, so if I can mention anything, it's, you know, be there in the time, but be there six, 12 months down the road as well. That's, that just yeah. means a lot to that person. I know it did to me. Yeah. 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 That's tremendous. You know, you, you said, um, there were two other statements that really hit home with me. Uh, this too shall pass and that we're one in eight billion. I made a post the other week about that one, you know, how we're one in eight billion to really get people to understand just how special that is. And I put it through the lens of, you know, so like I like watches, but I don't go and buy expensive, expensive watches. But let's say you did go and buy expensive watches. You're still one of maybe 50 people in the world that has that watch, a hundred, maybe 500. You know, yeah. uh, even Bugatti makes 200 cars a year. You're still only one of 200 people. But there is no one that has that code, that's got that divine gift, that soul yeah. that's put into you. And that's unique. That's one of one. So I, I love that you shared that. You know, uh, I thought of this um, for myself you know, in, in the work that I'm turning into doing and evolving into doing. And one of the things that I'll begin to challenge people with is to look back in their childhood, you know, those souls that were given and we create, they get chipped away at, you know, in a way you had a little piece of your soul taken when your mother passed. Sure. Um, and so I challenge people to think about what are those moments and then what do you need to do to make it whole again? Um, what are some of those ways that you've made yourself whole? Like what are, you know, again, speaking to the people who need to hear this, who are dealing with grief, what, what are some ways that you've gone and taken time for yourself? Yeah. Um, you know, from a business perspective, you know, I, I've grown my business over 20 years to become a quote unquote, a self-managing company, meaning that my, my leadership team can run the day to day. I don't need to be there for the day to day. I just, you know, lead the team, lead the marketing, you know, the sales and things like that. But when my wife passed away, I mean, it was profound to be able to just take as much time as I needed and know that the business will still run and grow yeah. without me there. So all of that hard work I put forth for, you know, 17, 18 years on the back end to build it that way. I mean, I just thank God that I did it that way. Because if it was reliant on me to do the sales and do the marketing and do everything and just run the show, my business would have tanked. I mean, I yeah. took a good couple of weeks off. And then when, you know, it for me, I'm a I'm a creature of habit. I mean, I'm into fitness, obviously. I'm into personal development. So my my habit, you know, I I believe our habits make us. You know, if I can look at your habits, I can tell you where you're at in your life. Um, and same thing with your calendar. Um, 
That being said, so I really got out of my routine. And when I started getting back into my routine, it just breathed more fresh air into my life, for sure. So I started getting back into daily devotionals, doing meditation, doing cold plunges, doing infrared saunas, you know, things to take care of me um, from a health and longevity perspective. And then just started reaching out to people. And I think some people, like I said, at that time, maybe they were a little surprised. Um, But I wanted to talk. I wanted to, you know, and share stories. Um, I wanted, you know, that's why, you know, we developed uh, the JLT fund, which um, when I sat down with the funeral director, one of the the women there, one woman there, she said, well, have you thought of anything to commemorate Jody and her, you know, her memory moving forward? And I was like, I can't even think in this moment. And she's like, what about a scholarship fund? I was like, oh my God, that's brilliant. Like I said, Jody, you know, she was class Victorian or valedictorian. She, um, you know, she had three majors at Case Western Reserve University, which is a small school in Cleveland, but we like to say it's the Harvard of the Midwest. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a nationally known school. She was a very successful attorney, as I said. And so we set up the JLT fund. And so the JLT fund is a scholarship fund at the Case Western Reserve University School of Law that gives a scholarship to a second or third year law student that they have to have an application process and then we award somebody. Um, our goal was to raise $300,000. And once you raise the $300,000, it goes into the cases endowment fund, which is huge in billions. And then it'll kick off a $15,000 scholarship every year into perpetuity. So for life. So in the first year, we raised $100,000. In year two, we raised another $100,000. And then this past year, going into year three, we've already raised another 80000 So we're only 20000 shy mm-hmm. of the 300000 But because we started um, donating the money you know, every year that we would get the 100000 we were able to award a $5,000 scholarship to the first recipient this year, which was amazing. So we have a golf outing. The first year, we raised $100,000. Um, you know, people when I, I I put together a board of Jody's closest friends, colleagues, um, and it was myself and her work husband, if you will, Rick Selby, who I'll give a big shout out to. Um, he's on the board. So it's me and him and a bunch of badass women, because that's that's what Jody was. Um, so we set up the JLT fund and I've never been on a board. I've never been in fundraising. Um, you know, I'm in the sales, but at the end of the day, this was all new to me. So we set up a nonprofit. And our first golf event raised $100,000. We did a golf event with a casino. So it was two events in one. And when I told my board that the goal is to raise $100,000, it was crickets in the room. They all looked at me like I was crazy, except for one, which was Colleen Donahue, who's my director of franchise development with me at Max Strength Fitness. And she's been with me for for over a decade. Um, And Colleen said, he's not crazy and he's dead serious. And the reason I knew that we could do that is because there was another group that I was put in contact with in Virginia that raised $100,000 and they did the exact same thing. I said, if they can do it, we can do it. So there was no limiting belief. So somebody had already done it. And my my thought yeah. is, if somebody can already have done that in life and proven that it's doable, then why can't we? Right? I mean, it, it, it's already been done. So it's not like I was asking for something that's never been done. And we hit it. I think we did 101000 that year. Um, so we're close to, to raising the whole 300,000. We'll get that over the next six months, the entirety. And, um, that will just be under perpetuity. So that was amazing to have that recipient come to our event. We just did a, a an 80, 80s prom theme, um, that we had. And so we all dressed up 80s prom and everything. And Jody, you know, growing up in the, uh, the early, you know, late eighties and early nineties and the women had the big hair, right? And that's the aqua oh, yeah. and everything. So I remember the, the thing. Yes, exactly. So that being said, um, <laughs> 
she would have killed me if she was alive, but we had a big, uh, they call them the fat heads, the big, you know, took her head, uh, took yep. a picture of her with the big hair and had it blown up. And we had lots of pictures of, of her in high school. And we did a 90s prom some decades ago. And so we had some pictures. It was fun. Everybody did, you know, dressed up. I had a blue leisure shoot and it was just fun. So we raised some money and we all get together every year. We have two big events. We have a, a it's a dinner and dance event. That was our recent one. We have a golf outing. Um, it's just, yep, there it is. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, to commemorate Jody's life, um, what she meant and to keep her legacy and impact alive, not even for the, the females that she would have impacted, um, because she was the first female attorney, a partner at her law firm, um, at Dworkin or Bernstein. So she paved the way. It was a trailblazer for those female, uh, there it is. You guys are good. Um, for the, um, I'm so happy for we her, get to share that. For her, yeah, for her female partners coming, you know, forward. So, and there's Rick, my big buddy there, Rick. Uh, he was he works at, at Dworkin with with Jody, and um, he's been instrumental in helping us raise those funds and just supporting Jody throughout this entire process. Um, and the, he had to have the Aquanet. I mean, I bought a whole case of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, so you know, we like to have fun because Jody loved a good party, and you know. So we celebrate around her birthday. Uh, we we do the golf outings. We just we raise the money for the fund. Um, it's fun to do. It's a ton of work. Don't get me wrong, but I'm so so thankful that um, Dion, who was at the um, at, at the funeral home, and she's on the board, she had recommended the scholarship fund. And you know, once we see the three hundred thousand, then we can do other fun things and other things that Jody would have been. She was very philanthropic, so we can go and do some other yeah. things or some other little you know smaller local charities and things of that nature. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, really, again, I, I, I largely I'm just letting you roll because I know you've got just this story of courageousness and, and ability to stand in a tremendous gap that you didn't want to stand in. But yet here you are and sharing it today with us. And, um, you know, when you talked about all the things you did all those years that felt like tremendous sacrifice, and they were, you know, I'm, I'm sure you missed some of those things with your oldest daughter and middle daughter, right? Building a business, but boy, what a payoff when you had to be there with them when they needed it the most. Yeah. And, and that would be the challenge that anybody watching and listening today would be, um, think about that work you're doing. Is it, is it work just for the sake of work? Cause it feels like good activity but it's not so much accomplishment. Like what is the work actually leading to? Is it legacy? Is it wealth building? Is it for good in the community? Or is it just because you're avoiding something uh, that you don't want to do or that needs to be done, or you're afraid of that big opportunity? Like you said, you were, you were the one with the, you know, the chest puffed out, the steely eyes about that hundred grand. Well, you know, we're going to do it. This path has been made. All we got to do is walk down it. And then the legacy of the scholarship. I mean, that's so cool too, right? Like what a legacy that is. So really cool that that all those things have come together for you to, to focus on the business. And, you know, you were uh, turning into the stuff you do with Max Strength. Um, you know, you've launched this year, your roadmap, which I'm sure when you throw in the spirit part of your uh, roadmap program, boy, what an influence you have to put into that. So let's talk about what that's like, what, what that gives to your, uh, your clients and people. Yeah. So every month we do a, a free report or a free resource, if you will. And so coming up in January here, we're launching the 2024 mind, body, spirit goals roadmap. So it will walk you step by step in, 
creating your your best 2024 and you know i look at it from a very holistic approach to planning my life you know it's always for me it's it's spiritual first it's it's you know my it, whether you're spiritual or not or religious or not it is two other things i'm more spiritual than i am religious but at the end of the day i believe there's a god and so that's what i'll go with whether you believe there is or not it's completely up to you but we all got to believe in something at the end of the day um so instead yeah. from a spiritual perspective but then taking into account your mind, because at the end of the day, that's one of the things that I think is highly neglected. So whether it's through prayer or whether it's through meditation or whether it's through just simple breath work, um, you know, going through that and then your body, obviously, because, you know, they, there's a saying and I don't know where it came from, but at the end of the day, it says that he who has health has a million wishes, but he who does not have health has one wish and that's to be healthy. And so without our health, we can't build our wealth. And that's where we come in at Max Strength Fitness is helping people that have let their health kind of suffer, put it on the back burner, you know, neglected it for years. And now all of a sudden they're about in their retirement age and they want to enjoy their life. They want to be able to get up off the floor with their grandchildren and play and hike and go to Italy and go through the mountains and do whatever they want on their terms. And that's where we come in and give them the freedom of their life to live life on their own terms. So they're not dictated by doctors, business, medications, things of that nature. So we really truly give them the freedom to be able to live their fullest life um, through mind, body, and spirit. And through high-intensity strength training, it's as mental as it is physical because we're going to ask them to give us 100% of their attention, but also 100% of their effort because the body doesn't change without a stress. And so we're going to have a one set to true muscular fatigue or failure that increases the intensity of the exercise and that dictates the change in the body. So that's why we can get a great result in only 20 minutes twice a week, you know, going back to their busy day. And that's that's what we've done over time. And so for me, Max Strength Fitness started off as a passion uh, because, you know, I thought I wanted to go into physical therapy and then there was insurance limitations. And I'm like, there's got to be a better way. And I discovered this style of training that we do, which is low force. So it's extremely safe, but it's extremely effective because it's high intensity. And so then I started this company back in 2004 uh, when my first daughter was born. And um, I've been doing this ever since. And so, you know, I built one business. I had a partner that worked out for 10 years and then it didn't work out. So there was another obstacle or challenge I had to overcome. And they typically say that's that, about that 2014 era is about when we first met. It is. Yeah. So, well, yeah, when we first met, I started to, you know, dive off and I, you know, I could do my own thing at that time. I didn't have anybody to account for and, you know, to, to run anything by. And look, don't get me wrong. We had a very, my partner and I, we had an extreme, and I'm very, very grateful for the opportunity because he actually started the business first and brought me into it. And then I was more of the business mind, more of the technical mind. Um, so I really have gratitude towards that because otherwise I wouldn't be where I'm at today. It just didn't work out. So, you know, we had different philosophies on how to grow a business. And that's fine. Uh, so we parted ways. Um, and, but yeah, so I always looked at, I wanted to grow brick and mortar businesses like we have in studios because my, me by myself can only help so many people. So if right. I want to help as many people as I think I can, then I need a team of life transformers, as we call them. That's my personal trainers because we truly transform lives. So we slowly started building and building and building. And then I was able to build a second studio. And then we just opened up a third studio last year. And now we're franchising. We'll actually be opening our first franchisee in Niceville, Florida. So if you're there, check us out this week, you know, in January here. So check us out. And then we'll be opening up at Destin. We have a bunch in the pipeline. So we're going national. So the brick and mortar businesses, the three that I own corporately, you know, I have three girls. So I look at that for security for them. But I look at my franchise as my legacy. You know, and at the end of the day, do I really think, you know, 100, 200 years from now, is anybody going to remember Jeff Tomaszewski and Max Strength Fitness? Probably not, but I might as well give it a shot. 
and help as many people as I can with the time that I've been given here on this earth. So that's what I'm here to do. Yeah, love it. You know, I didn't miss the fact that your first uh, franchisees and target area happens to be uh, in Destin, which you have a profound connection to, but also it's nice to go to most of the yeah. year. <laughs> right. It's always smart when you're looking to open up franchise locations. Right. Like no one ever goes to, you know, Bismarck, North Dakota first. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, unless they're going to catch that like few glorious weeks of summer and then, and right. then that's it. But uh, so real tactically, because, you know, like I, I, I do licensing, I've got a few different licensing revenues in my life. And, um, you know, for me, there's a, there's a ickiness about governmental agencies involved in my business. And, you know, with franchising, you got a few of them that you got to navigate. Um, mm-hmm. What is it about the franchising model that you liked and that, you know, is different in that max strength offers to the franchisees that would sign up? Yeah. You know, um, I used to do business coaching. Um, and I love that. I love just helping entrepreneurs who have like-minded as far as, you know, wanting to grow a business, but also being in the health space and that's where the two came together for me. Like I can just continue to open up corporate studios and grow those. And we will. We'll continue to do that. Um, but I want to take on entrepreneurs who have maybe been in corporate or had another entrepreneurial um, endeavor, but they want to get in the fitness space, but they have no fitness acumen. And that's where we can come in because we have a protocol in place and we can train a general manager to run the day-to-day like I've done with my team. You know, I've been, we have an executive model. So as long, if you want to come in and run an executive model means you, you inspect what you expect as far as the business metrics, the marketing, you do the leadership, you're making sure things are running, you look at your KPIs, your key performance indicators, make sure the business is running great and implement what we tell you to implement. Then you don't have to ever do any of the training. We'll actually train the trainers to do what we do on a daily basis. Cause that's what we do internally at all my three studios as well. So if somebody wants to have and own their own business and have that freedom, but they don't want to take on all of the risk of recreating the wheel and they want tried improvement systems in place. The first business book I ever read was The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Mm-hmm. So if you're not familiar, it's you know putting systems and processes in place in case you're ever going to franchise as if you're going to franchise. Because without systems and processes in place, you don't own a business, you own a job. And so I didn't want yep. to own a job. I wanted to own a business and empower my team and grow my team and then grow other like-minded entrepreneurs in the fitness space. And so that's why franchising was very attractive to me because it just can help me, you know, gain speed from that perspective. Yep. Yeah, I love it. Was there anything um going through the process of setting up a legitimate franchise? Because there's people that throw that word around and as soon as I hear them throwing it around, I ask some probing questions that will tell me if they actually have it or not. You know, one of them obviously is the UFOC offering circular, but beyond that, um, what, what through that process made Max Strength Fitness level itself up so that uh, as people came on board, it was even better than you, uh, than you started with? Yeah, you know, go, you know, going through that whole franchise disclosure document, which is the legal document that you have, and then the franchise agreement is, you know, you're taking everything as if you're opening a business and just throwing it all in this document that somebody's going to read and understand of how your business runs. So, from a legality standpoint, I mean, ours is like 142 pages. It's it's yeah. crazy. But that being said, it it is sharpening the saw. So we had this, we you know, we had systems and processes in place, and it's just like everybody else, you know. Sometimes you set them and forget them just because you do them all day, every day. So when we were going to launch our franchise, 
we took everything and put it digital. Um, so it's in the cloud, it's online. And so everybody and we can access it. We have quizzes and tests behind it. So you can test on it. Um, but we had to go back and reiterate every single system and process. And we do that every six months, if not sooner. Because oh, wow. what, what happened, what, what, what worked, you know, 12, 13, 18 months ago may not still be relevant. We might switch a software, which we just recently did. We might add a, a point of sale service, or we might add a new service line, or we might add something, or we might switch something in our protocol or the way that we answer the phone. The good thing about having everything now online is you can just go in, you can change it, you can push it out to all their franchisees, and you don't have to worry about you know manuals and things of that nature as far as employee handbooks and all that. It's it's just all pushed out once. Um, some of the things are you know that you set them and forget them because they're always going to be tried and true, like how to turn the lights on. But it it is granular as that. It's how do you turn the lights on when you walk in the door? And it's everything that you do has to be documented and systemized. So it's taking your brain and the things that we do on a daily basis as entrepreneurs, like we just wake up and do it because it's what we've been doing for 20 years. And now all of a sudden you have to brain dump everything down in. So that's what I started doing when I started this company was I'm going to document and systemize everything. That way, if I ever do franchise, it's there and I don't have to go through all of that work. And I talk to people all the time. They're like, oh, I want to start a franchise. I'm like, well, do you have your systems and processes documented? Well, no. I'm like, okay, you know, gear up yeah. for the next two or three years and, and then let's talk because until that's done, nobody's going to buy your systems because that's what they're buying. They're yeah. buying your systems, processes, and procedures and you're trying to prove in systems that work. And that's why they buy into a franchise. In yeah. Opinion. Yeah, no, you're, uh, you are a hundred, a hundred percent, right? And, you know, for me, it's, it's just, it's simply a personal thing why I prefer to stay in the licensing realm. It's not mm-hmm. at all that franchises are bad. That's yeah. actually the epitome of legacy work, in my opinion, for both you and your franchisee, because it's a business that can be given on to somebody else. Mm-hmm. They can get more. Uh, who knows what opportunity breeds when you're a great franchisee? Who knows? Like it's yeah. it's really unlimited. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I kind of laughed when you said about turning the lights on because I've heard over the years uh, I've heard that. The other thing I heard was the like, thank God for like Nest and and Wi-Fi connected thermostats now because the amount of HVAC units that got blown out over the years before you know set yeah. and forget thermostats. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd have yeah. a big square footage location. You got this one pumping heat, this one pumping cold. And they're just battling each other, you know. So yeah, yeah. It, like it sounds completely silly, sure. But if That's your business analogy. is breaking yeah. a sweat, you just don't even notice it. Yeah, and it's those and little things that over system. time, all of a sudden, will just go, and you're like, "What happened?" And it was a simple fix yeah. if you just would have paid attention to it. Yeah, and an HVAC system, man, that's. Uh, not cheap. That's a lot of money. So if you just have the system in place to tell your people, I know it sounds silly and you're probably yeah. listening to this like, what the heck are these guys talking about? But it it gets down to that granular in life. It really mm-hmm. does. Yeah. System for everything. I love it. Um, look, as we look to wrap up our time, I think the best way we could do it would be, if you're okay with it, um, sure. I'll ask you this question. What is it about Jody that you see in each of your daughters? Oh, man. <laughs> um. You know, they're all very unique and they all have a very special, unique quality from them. Um, oh, uh, my oldest one, Emma, very intelligent, very driven. Um, she's a little shy, but um, she's passionate. And then Chloe, who is more of my, um, she's my, she's in the music and concerts and theater, and she's more of the life of the party, where Jody could be both the life of the party, but then also reserved. 
And then Paige, my youngest one, very quirky, very just independent on her own. Um, and that was Jody 2AT. Um, so they all have very profound qualities of their mother for sure. Um, and I can always just pick them out and see Jody in each one, each and every one of them on a daily basis, which for me is just, you know, it's a godsend. Yeah. And what a better way to leave, you know, to lead on her legacy than through my daughters. You know, we're doing it through the scholarship fund, which is great. And my daughters got to see the benefit and the impact that Jody is still making to this day into the life of somebody. Um, because the recipient, I mean, she was just so heartfelt about, you know, even though it was a small scholarship, it was it was profound to her and what it meant to her family. She just had a, a daughter and, you know, she has some medical complications and, you know, she's, you know, she didn't have the highest grades, but she had probably one of the bigger debts. And, it, 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 you know, a, you know, there was people that didn't have any debt. I'm like, you know, so at the end of the day, it's like giving back from what Jody did in her life to somebody new. And my girls witnessing that is, I, is it's great. And, you know, my older two are involved in the board. Um, you know, so they'll sit in board meetings when they can too. So I'm trying to help them, oh, educate cool. them, teach them. Yeah. So that they can understand. And, you know, I want their voice to be heard and planning things for their mom and, um, and for the events. So I try to make it, you know, as all inclusive as we can. That's great. That's mm -hmm. great. And I guess your oldest is in college now. Yeah. She's a second year in Cincinnati. Yep. Yeah. And that, I'm right, senior cool. in high school. And then I've got a freshman. Yeah, very good. And, you know, so what do you see the future holds for them? Um, you know, my older two have expressed interest in max strength fitness. So we'll see my, my oldest one right now very is cool. in the, uh, pre-physical therapy, uh, path at UC at Cincinnati. And then my, my middle one, uh, she'll be going off to school next year and she wants to go make more in the business aspect of it. You know, it's funny because in my youngest one, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, she's very free spirit. So we'll see what happens in the cards for her. I'm very excited to see where she comes out. But the, you know, the middle one, Chloe on the right hand side there, um, she's, you know, I was asking Emma what she wanted to, you know, study when she was going into college. This was her senior year. And we we're talking about it. And then Chloe asked the question, well, what do I have to study to run max strength fitness? I said, now nah, you're asking the right questions. <laughs> so, you know, it, like if, if, if this becomes a legacy thing and they want to be involved in the business, I, I would be ecstatic, but that, there's absolutely no pressure for them to do that. I want them to do whatever yeah. they love, whatever they want to do, whatever their path leads. I will support them 1000% and I will be their biggest cheerleader. No doubt. Yeah. Well, and, you know, to put a nice little bow on that about, you know, if they jump into the business or not, it really doesn't matter. You get to foster their passion because if they decide not to, uh, you've built Max Strength Fitness to be a business that you can have forever because it's going to yeah. run for you and you don't have yeah. to run for it. Right. Yeah, know? for sure. And so, so, uh, you know, Jeff, I've just so enjoyed our time together. I hope anybody that's listening to this, you got a lot to connect to if you've got. Uh, a shared story as Jeff has in his personal life. Please connect with him. We've had all of his stuff in the show notes and flashing on the screen. Uh, if you want to get the roadmap, uh, you're struggling with that, you know, spiritual side, that uh, mind side, the fitness you got good. You need, you know, there's th it seems there's three legs to everything in life, right? Like overall mm -hmm. wellness is diet, exercise, and sleep. And then, you know, yeah. and then you break those down. There's three legs that seemingly in each one of those. And that roadmap's a great tool to get, you know, if you're, if you're into fitness and into training and you're kind of getting that entrepreneurial bug, I would challenge you and, and tell you, please go check out what they're doing at Max Strength Fitness. Maybe 
maybe that franchise opportunity is for you. Um, obviously, you got to go through all. I should need to appease the lawyers. You got to go through all the right uh, portals and and check the boxes and stuff. I just saw Jeff pucker up just a little bit there because no, we, you we always no, have to do have, it the right way. We have a very uh, detail oriented uh, discovery process. It's a seven step process over a couple of months yeah. where we make sure you're a good fit, we're a good fit. Because at the end, of the, and I'm you know I've only been doing this franchise thing for a year now, and I've turned away. A good handful of people just because I knew that it was not going to be a good fit. And I do not want to get, cause this is like a marriage. I mean, it's, it's a 10 year commitment, folks. Um, and we're going to yeah. be working hand in hand together and it is a partnership. And, uh, you know, your success is my success and your failure is mine. So, and I, I don't, I don't like to fail at life. So I want to make sure that people are in it for the right reasons and they have the skill sets that are needed and we'll guide them along the way. Um, but yeah, we do have a tried and proven system from discovery call all the way through our confirmation day to signing an agreement. So. We'll make sure you'll either know it or we'll know it at the end of the day. Yeah. I just always have to, I kind of joke about that. That's an inside joke for me because I'm, I sit on a board for a franchise golf, uh, mm. links golf cafe. And I said to them, I'm like, look, like, look, I'm not going to be involved with anything with the lawyers and franchises. It's not my stick. It's not my value. Yeah. It's not my land of genius. It's not what I do. Sure. Yeah. But I do know you always have to make sure they follow the right process. Yeah. And Jeff has that. And you, you know, look, I think you could do yourself a favor to check out what they have. Uh, you'll st- certainly learn something if you're a great fit. You'll, you know, Jeff and his team will take care of the rest and, and confirm yeah, you've got, that you've or got not. The so, to be an entrepreneur and run your own thing and you want to be in that wellness space and fitness space and help people, you know, do good in life and make an impact in your community. I, I can't think of a better opportunity. Love it. Love it. Jeff, thank you so much, man. Blessings to you to your daughters, Emma, Chloe, and Paige. Love how you're carrying on everything with Jody. And uh, man, you guys are doing it right. So thanks for stopping by, pouring into my audience. Appreciate you. My pleasure. God bless. All right. We'll see everybody uh, next week on The Big Ticket Life. Take care. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Big Ticket Life. You've heard from another amazing guest living their own Big Ticket Life. And now it's time to live your First, I'd love for you to take me up on my free gift to you. Find your gift at gift.thebigticketlife.live. That's gift.thebigticketlife.live. See, all your life you've been told what is and what is impossible by the loudest voices from the cheapest seats. It's time to finally do life and business on your terms. Sure, you've heard similar things, but without clarity on what can be done, It's easy to have your customers, employees, maybe even partners, and your spouse keep you from truly living a big ticket life. My big ticket methods shift you into that investor seat in your business, away from commodity and away from competition into a market of one so you can finally live your own big ticket life. So my gift to you is for you to book your discovery call today where we'll uncover first the Chivo behaviors, those chief everything officer behaviors, that hold you back and why moving into the investor seat in your own business is critical. Two, we'll uncover the premium position that's up for grabs right now in your market that you're missing out on. And three, which big ticket methodologies are just waiting to be dropped into your business to explode your sales and profits. So again, thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love for you to take action right now. Accept this gift, book your call, go to gift.thebigticketlife.live. Again, that's gift.thebigticketlife.live.